Masaya. Ororororo Moshiki Andereva. Oraka Yesetere Moshi Alalama. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We bless your name, O oh great God. There is none like you, Jesus. There is none like you, Lord. Oh, somebody magnify the name of the Lord this morning. He's been so good to us. He's been so gracious to us. Oh, God, there is none like you. We worship you. We adore you, oh, great God. You are our king, our master, and our ruler. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Even so, come. Lord Jesus, come. We cannot forget that we're living this life so we can be in right relationship with the Lord and serve him and do his will. But ultimately, God is coming back for his people. And we won't have to worry about all the hurt and the pain and the frustration and the the challenges and the sin and all of what has transpired that we battle every day. There's coming a day where Jesus Christ will return for his people. And ready or not, he will come and he will receive us unto himself. Oh, God, that wonderful day that you will come and receive us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, God, we thank you. October, October 12th of 2014, we kicked off, we launched our first church service in this fire station. We had started Bible study in April of 2014, and our Bible study did okay, and we grew in our Bible study, and we started our church services in October 12, 2014. I was certain that the Lord sent me here, but as I mentioned this morning at the 9 a.m. service, even when you feel confident that the Lord is doing something, until you know you get some kind of evidence. And the way our God does sometimes is the evidence don't come up front. It comes later on. Because what God says is we walk by faith and not by sight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And so while we stepped out on faith and do what we thought the Lord had called us to do, uh, we still weren't sure, but we knew the Lord had said, go to the fire station and everything had worked out just like the Lord had told us. So we started our church services here and we've been here for eight years and God has been good to us. We are in the central location of all Hamilton, New Jersey. And this is one of the greatest communities in all the communities throughout the United States of America. This is a top notch community. And God placed us in the dead smack middle of this community. And we've been worshiping him, praising him. Souls have been saved. Lives have been changed. Baptism. People have been baptized in Jesus' name. 
filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I mean, married, people have been married, babies have been born. So many has transpired here. Families have come together. We have seen great things, and we have just enjoyed what God has done here. But the day came when God said, it's time to move you to the next dimension of ministry and to continue to do the work here in this locale. And he opened the door for us to purchase this building of 17,000 square foot of building right up the street from here on tennis court, four tennis courts. And we have done what we needed to do to get it all fixed up and ready. And next Sunday will be our first church service. God has been good to us, church. But I want to say to all of you that are here, I appreciate um, more so your confidence in God for trusting that we just weren't here by happenstance and that God was really doing something in this fire station. While some people decided they needed to go rent storefronts and do all different kind of things, we knew that God had placed us here. And for those of you that had come and joined on board and realized, I don't care if it's in the firehouse. I know God is in the firehouse with us, and that's where he called us to. For all of you that have confident and trusted in God, thank you for that, because we kept together, we stuck together, and now look what God has done for all of us. This is our church. This is not the pastor's church or the pastor's family church. This is our church. And God has given this to all of us. So all of our family members, all of our friends, all of our co-workers, the people we go to school with for our young people, they can come and be saved because there will be room for them. And we can't thank God enough that he think what he thinks of us so we can be trusted to continue the work of God in that wonderful building. We need to thank God for his goodness and what he has done. He is so good to us. And so next Sunday at 1030 a.m., we will be at four tennis courts in Hamilton, New Jersey. The drive is about four minutes from here up Quaker Bridge Road. As um, Brother Jackson said, it's four lights up, not counting the light here at the intersection. Four lights up, you'll get to Young's Road. You make a left onto Young's Road. And the first right turn is Tennis Court. We're at four. It's a cul-de-sac. And so you'll see our building over there to the left. And so four minutes from here, you drive up and you will be there. We got everything all around us. For those of you that don't know, we've got Starbucks. We've got Chick-fil-A. We've got Wawa, brand new one coming. I mean, the bank is right around the corner. The location, Mercer County Park is right across the street. If you go, just walk up the road. I mean, the location is tremendous where God has placed us, and we can't thank him enough. And I appreciate all of you that are a part of this church. God has called us to do some things for him. So get ready to be used of God like you've never been used of God before. Somebody say amen. Thank you for that. Um, the, uh, this week, we are fasting and praying and consecrating because we want to go in that building with fire. And we want to go in that building. I had a vision the other day of people lined up to be baptized in Jesus' name. And so we want to go in that building with fire. And so this week, whether it's one meal a day or no meals, I want you to pray. I want you to fast. And I want you to consecrate. If it's not work-related and it's not Jesus related, put it to the side for this week and stay with your focus on Jesus, on the word of God. Obviously, if we have work to do or school to do, we have to do school work. We have to do work. Um, but put your head in the book, in the Bible. Pray. Seek the Lord. 
let's consecrate. And then all of this come to a crescendo Friday night at 10 p.m. We will have our first all-night prayer because we weren't able to do all-night prayer in this building because this building is an active fire station. They are in and out, and things go on all throughout the night. So we weren't able to do all-night prayer here, but we will have our first all-night prayer starting at 10 p.m. Friday night, and we will pray from 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. And we will pray. We will we, we will read scriptures. We will teach. We will do everything. As I said this morning, some of you will sleep and wake up saying, I'm hungry and bless this food in Jesus' name. When we're supposed to be praying about, you know, God strengthening us and it's all good. That's part of all night prayer. I don't know too many people that I've been around that did all night prayer and never winked an eye. And that includes me, the machine. <laughs> You know, that's, that's kind of the label it gave me over the years that I was a machine. That's what, that's what it made me out to be, Andre. And so even the machine um, nodded off a couple of times. And so I don't know anybody. So don't feel bad in thinking that I can't stay up from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. We're not expecting you. But if you can, great. But just come anyhow. Don't worry about your children. Bring little, you know, blankets or whatever that you can have them sleep. We have brand new carpet. I mean, you can put them anywhere you want to put them. <laughs> um, the chairs are nice and comfortable. And so you can put them anywhere you want. Um, so that when they feel tired and they want to sleep, they can sleep. But come for our all night prayer. It will be fantastic. And so we will be there from 10 p.m. till 8, 6 a.m. And um, we'll get ready for Sunday. Sunday, we will not do our first Sunday with any Sunday school. No programs will happen that Sunday morning. We're just coming in and we're going to worship the Lord and just do, uh, just have great church. So nothing will be planned. Nothing will go on. Uh, Pre-prayer is at 10 a.m. and service starts at 1030 and we hit the ground running. So come next week and see what God is doing so this is our last Sunday in this building, and we thank God for it. Man, God has been good. God has been good. Amen. Sister Patrice, before I forget, make sure you ask Lizzie what's um, 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 Chief Tazi's favorite restaurant. We got to give him a gift card. Even though God used him, I want him to know how much I appreciate him. Um, so we wanted to let him know. God sent us to the chief way, years ago um, when we came here and told me to tell him, that I wanted to have Bible study here. And the date that we wanted was booked. And I was getting ready to say, see, maybe I didn't hear from God. And he said, hold on. Let me make a phone call. And he made a phone call. And he said, no, I got your dates for you. I was like, man, God, that really, really is you that sent me, huh? Because the, the doors open for the dates. And Chief Todd, you've been so kind to me and to this church. And um, I believe um, in 2020, uh, this township consolidated all the fire stations. It was, um, I think it's um, nine fire stations, and they consolidated all of them, and the township was the one that controlled everything, and so they were all under one umbrella. So they had nine fire chiefs, and when they consolidated, you can only have one chief. I don't know how we want to believe that there's three gods. Just when you know what you know, you're like, and so we do it in the natural that, you know, it's always one, it's always one that's in charge. But somehow we wanted to be three gods in charge. I don't know how we get that, but no, I, God, I'm not, I'm put that over here. But anyway, they consolidated. And so you can only have one fire chief. So which means some of the fire chiefs had to be bumped down to something different. They didn't change their salaries, but they had to bump them down. 
But not long ago, the number one fire chief retired, and our chief Taji was bumped up to the number one chief of this entire region in Hamilton, and he's the chief of all fire stations, all nine fire stations he's responsible for. And I believe because he was, he showed us favor, he allowed the Lord to use him, that he got that position. That's what I believe. So we want him to know how much we appreciate him, and we love him. He knows we love him. He told us not long ago that the day we leave is going to be a bittersweet day because they had enjoyed us being here. And um, his office is not here anymore, and he, he, was, he tried to fight that. He couldn't do it. He loved being here. But the, the township decided that when you're the chief, you have to be located at a specific location. And that's probably the only thing that he didn't like about being chief of the fire companies because he had to change the location. He, got, he had his nice office around here for so many years. But we're going to miss Chief Tazi, and we're going to miss this fire station. Um, some of the guys here we're still friendly with, so we'll stay connected. We are the chaplain for them, so if anything comes up where they need counseling or anything like that, I'll still be available to them. But we're going to miss this place. But we thank God for this place. Amen. We have um, uh, a family with us, I must say. Um, the other day, um, appreciate, I appreciate good men of God. I tell you, you got to be Christians. Before, before you're a pastor, before you're a bishop, before you're an elder, you're supposed to be a Christian. <laughs> Somehow we some let that slip through the cracks. But um, a couple weeks ago, um, um, Pastor um, Nathan Miller, so we know the Millers pretty good, and um, um, Sister Cindy and, uh, and Stan um, led that church for many years, and now their son, um, Nathan, um, is the um, pastor right now, associate pastor, and so he texted me the other day and said um, that he was um, uh, had a family that, you know, he recommended that they come and visit, and so they're here this morning, and so we're thankful to have the Epps family with us this morning. The Epps family is over here. And the Gabriel. Okay, so so we have Miss um, Gabriel, um, who is the mother-in-law of um, Brother Epps, and our daughter, Tamika Epps, and all of their children, I guess grandchildren. And so we welcome you to Christ Central Church. We're thankful you're here. Whatever we can do, please don't hesitate. You're getting ready to have a great time. If you stick with us, um, Sunday school is going to be rocking, um, and church will be just outstanding. And you'll find out that these group of people here, they love God and they love people, and you'll enjoy your time here at Christ Center Church. And if there's anything at all that we can do to help you in your walk, don't hesitate. Just let us know. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's stand and get right into the word of God. Thank you for allowing me to time to just go through all that I went through to get everybody up to speed. I don't think I forgot anything. Did I forget anything? Covered everything? Okay. All right. Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. Amen. Verse number seven. If you will take a look at it with me, I'm going to read it in the New American Standard Version. Um, just to make it a little bit more plain. It's plain as it is, but we should make it just a tad bit more plain. Proverbs 23, we welcome all of our online congregation. And yes, as Minister Scarlett said, um, I know you all are all over the place. New York, Florida, uh, 
some Canada, some Jamaica. Um, but yeah, you can make it up for next Sunday just for just just to see your home and 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 what you are a part of. Please, we'd love to have everyone because uh, our reach campaign. Um, we had so many people participate. We have so many people to to thank for um, just being a part of what God is doing in this church. And so many people have given financially in their prayers, um, given advice, so many people. And we have a lot of people to thank, and we will do that for a very long time, as I mentioned, because we have many people to just thank for what they have done to help us get to where we are. Amen. Proverbs 23, verse number 7, the Word of God says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. So I guess we can just draw clearly from this that it's telling us that as anyone, not just him, <laughs> yeah, that's all about him, not me. Is <laughs> for as he or she thinks within themselves, so are they. So whatever you think in yourself, that's who you are, not what you give off. In my time of just being on earth and observing people, I always say this. I shouldn't tell you this, but horses out the gate. Whatever you see of people in public, if it's kind of shaky or it may not be too good, it's worse in the house. You can't fool the Holy Ghost. And so we can put on and we can make things look a certain way and we can follow all protocol and policies and procedures. That don't mean that's who you are. And I didn't come here this morning to make anybody feel bad. We'll get to the good part. But the way out God ministers to our soul, he points out the things that need to get rectified. And then he shows us how to rectify it. And I believe that's how we will go this morning in the word of God. God will point out to us what needs rectifying in our life. And then he will show us how we can get that all rectified. But until we come to a place of understanding and accepting truth, it's very difficult for us to ever see a change in our life. The Bible says only the truth will make you free. And if you're trying to be free or trying to get changes in your life or try to, you know, be the best version of yourself and you're not facing truth and accepting truth and obeying truth, then everything will still stay the same. Even when we change some things about our behavior for a few weeks, we will go back to doing it in a few more weeks just because that's not how permanent change comes into our life. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Ah, I feel your presence, your spirit is just moving, Lord. And, oh, God, I pray that whatsoever you want to do this morning, you will do as we yield ourselves and submit to your authority. We pray, almighty God, that the word of God, your authority, 
will go into our hearing, Lord Jesus, and that we will receive and become doers of the word of God. I pray the spirit of God, the power of the Holy Ghost will destroy every yoke, will destroy every stronghold, will transform minds and that hearts will be changed, Lord God. I pray that the gifts of the spirit will operate and the power of God will be unleashed. Oh, my God. And that, Lord, we will not walk out of here the same way we came in, that what we are right now will not be what we are when we leave this place, that you will do something miraculous in us, that you will do something transformational in us. Have your way today, Lord. We're crying out to you and asking for your will to be done. These prayers we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, O oh God. There is none like you. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you today on this topic. Simple, simple topic. Your thoughts matter. Your thoughts matters. Tell your neighbor, your thoughts matters. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, I guess we ready. we ready for next week. Pack 9 o'clock, pack 1030, we ready for next week. You know what's the good news I can tell everybody? This is your last uncomfortable Sunday for just a while. For a while. Now, we have plenty of space, but we can pack that place out in no time, and then we're going to have to open up. The good news is we don't, we, we don't have the whole building open up yet. We, we have just enough that we need. So that's the good news. But, boy, we're going to have to open up that building sooner than some of y'all think. <laughs> just the way it is. And so this is your last Sunday of just being in those chairs that might be uncomfortable, you know, and being tight. I understand. But it's okay. We're going to be all right. Your thoughts matters. Your thoughts matters. A man or woman is not the man and woman his mouth speaks or declares him or her to be. Whatever you say, your words that you speak does not declare that's who you are. We can speak fine words, eloquent words. We can speak words that aren't truth, not even our own words. But that doesn't mean the words that we speak declares who we are. No, sir. We do what we do because of what we think of ourselves. Repeat that again. We do what we do because of what we think of ourselves. I know you thought that you did things for a different reason. But I'm telling you this morning, the things that you do is due to what you think of yourself. You may think you make decisions based solely on weighing the pros and cons. You may think you make decisions based solely on what makes you happy. You may think you make decisions 
based on what's best for you and your family. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you and I make decisions based on what we think of ourselves. I do what I do because of what I think of myself. When I wasn't saved and I was in the world, I drank what they like to say, top shelf. Or should I say top shelf, top shelf, because some people didn't know real top shelf. I still school people sometimes, not because I'm trying to indulge in any way, but every once in a while I got to let them know, even when I was in the world, I was way past that. And I try to establish that to let people know, this is why you need to listen to what I'm telling you, because I lived that life and probably did it better than you. And so when I was in the world, I drank top shelf. And my top shelf is what we call single malt scotch. People still haven't caught up to that. They they had red wine and you know, Berlo, you know Merlot and Burgundies and they they you know they think they drink red wine now so they think they're doing something. I was at Single Malt Scotch, 24 years old, McAllen. Go check the price on that. But anyway, I did that because I thought, you know, I'm somebody. I'm somebody. So. If I'm somebody, I got to do the things that somebody do. You can't think you're somebody, but you're not doing the things that the somebodies do. Right? If you are somebody, you live like a somebody. Right? I mean, the people in Hollywood don't live like peasants. They say we movie stars. So we're going to live like movie stars. So what you think of who you are is how you make decisions. If I'm a movie star, I got to live in a movie star house. You see what I'm saying? So we're thinking that we're making decisions for different reasons, but the reason why we're making our decisions is because of what we think of ourselves. Our thinking of who we are will always influence what we do. What you think of yourself is how you make decisions. What you think of yourself it's usually how you arrive to where you arrive. You do what you do because of what you think of yourself. Somebody say amen. Here's a for instance. Two people who have experienced nearly identical circumstances can come to two very different self-identities. Two people. You can grow up in the same home. Treated the same way. Same mom and dad or same mom or same dad or same grandmom, whatever it is, how you grew up. Same things. But you're now grown adults and you think of yourselves differently. What do you mean by that, preacher? For some, whatever they went through as children, the challenges that they faced, the struggles that they had, might make them get <coughs> get to a place of saying, excuse me, that I'm a victim. And so now they live their life in a victimized way. Every decision they make is from a perspective of 
they see themselves as a victim. The other person might say, man, we went through a whole lot. But at the end of the day, we made it. So I know I'm Teflon. I can make it through anything. There's nothing that can stop me because what I went through when I was growing up, I made it. And so I can deal with anything. And so guess what? I'm strong. So one victim, one strong. Because of the identity that you formed in your own mind of what you thought of yourself. And so you go on life living and you're living life strictly on what you think of yourself. Now don't get me wrong. Some people have a false sense of who they think they are. (laughs) Some people have allowed other people to tell them who they are. Mm -hmm. And so we're living our life off of what somebody else said that we are. We're living our life on a false sense of who we are. And so we go around making those everyday decisions because of those things. The Bible says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. So what does that mean, so he is? Who we are, our character, shapes our thoughts about ourselves and others. What we think is a reflection of who we are that then shapes our lives. We have no choice but to live out who we think we are. We have no choice. What we think within ourselves we are is what we continue to live out. We make decisions based on our self-identification. This is so important, what I'm saying. And I, I pray, you know, you preach, you preach, you preach, and sometimes, obviously, the challenges for a preacher is how much are people implementing, applying what they're hearing. Because we know that what we're preaching is God's word. And we know the only hope for all of us to be better is by being who God said we need to be, obeying God's word. And this is something important that I'm saying today, and I hope it will sink in and change some lives. James March, a professor at Stanford University, called this the identity model of decision making. Hmm. Research shows that when making a choice, we essentially and subconsciously ask ourselves three questions. So when you're going to make a decision, you ask yourself three questions, consciously and subconsciously. The first thing you ask yourself is, who am I? You ever find yourself saying, oh, I ain't going there. You know why you said I ain't going there? Because you look at what there is and who you are and says, I'm not going there. I know I didn't come to be a psychologist because I'm not a psychologist. I'm a Bible teacher. And so I didn't come to be a psychologist. I'm just pointing out something so you know how real this is. I'm not going there because I don't do that. And so one of the first things you ask yourself before you make your decision, who am I? Second thing is, what kind of situation is this? What kind of situation is this? Does it fit what I think of myself? Because if it doesn't fit what I think of myself, I'm not going to be in that situation. The third thing we do is, 
we ask ourselves, what would someone like me do in this situation? So if I get involved, what will I do? It's all about what you think of yourself is how you pursue and make decisions. Your self-identity is primarily or the primary reason that you make decisions. Since that is a fact and studies have proven it, we need to get our identity right, which means our thoughts matters. What is the identity that you have of yourself right now? What is the identity you're walking around with to say who you are right now? Is it a legitimate identity? Is it the real true identity that you're supposed to have? Is it an identity that someone gave you? Is it an identity that the devil lied to you to believe? Is it an identity that you are falsely thinking that you have and you don't have? What kind of identity are you walking around with today? Because that identity is causing you to make decisions that may are putting you in a bind and causing you problems because you're making decisions based on what you think of yourself. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as you're thinking about who you are, your decisions keep piling up because that's who you are. We are created by God. How did you derive at the identity that you have today, that you think you are? How did you arrive there? How did you get there? Is it something you just kind of conform to? Is it something that you kind of just kept going in because that's what you were familiar with? Is it something that you have kind of been told that this is what you're going to be and you just keep on going because somebody that stuck with you? Because whatever they said you should be, it kind of sound good to you, so you just kept going in that moment. Is that your identity today? Or have you derived your identity as to who Jesus created you to be? Help me, Holy Ghost. We are created by God. Somebody say amen. We are not the product of some galactic accident, nor are we the occupants of the top rung of an evolutionary leader or ladder, I should say. God made us. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. God made you. The almighty God, the sovereign God made you. You are here today and everything that exists is here today because the almighty God, the sovereign one, brought it all into existence. And so if we ought to find out who we are and have the right identity, we better go back to the source that made us. I know you came out of your mother's womb and you were born, but all of this was instituted before the foundation of the world that the first two people would be created. But after that, everybody else would be born and they would have two arms or however many amount of arms, depending on how life brings it. But we all were designed to be born by man and woman, but it was all the plan of God. So all of us came into this world because of the plan of God. The plan of God. Because God is almighty and God is sovereign and God is 
This is a great one. And God is omniscient. You know what that means? That God is all-knowing. He is so all-knowing that he knows all your thoughts before you get them. That's some knowing. That the things you haven't thought about yet, God knows you're going to think about them. That's the God that created you. That's the God that designed you. That's the God that's keeping you alive. So the question is, how much influence has he had on who you are, who you identify to be today? How much influence does he have? Or your identity is all about you and others. We are created in the image of God. Who is Jesus Christ? There's only one God. His name is Jesus. Unlike the angels and the animals, humans can have a very special relationship with God. He's not only, he, he not only gave us a personality and a mind to think with, emotions to feel with, and a will to make decisions, but he also gave us the ability that enable us to know him and to worship him. You were created by God. Whatever you're thinking, whoever you are, it, it needs to match up with the word of God. It needs to be what God says, not what you conjure up in your mind, not what anybody else told you, but what God says about you. That's what we need to know. Psalms 8 and 4, it says this, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou has made him a little lower than the angel and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou has made him to have dominion over the works of thy hand. Thou has put all things under his feet. That's what God thinks of you. God thinks of you that he's always thinking about you. God thinks of you that saying you have dominion to take control over everything that he has made god thinks of you to say i come to visit you i come to dwell with you i come to sup with you that's who i created a human that i'm interested in a human that i will hang with a human that i've given dominion and authority to rule over the things that i've made that's what god thinks of you that's what god needs you to think of yourself And so I want to stop here to tell you, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you have done, right or wrong. I don't care the experiences that you have had. I'm here to tell you what God thinks of you is what really matters. And if you will begin to think of yourself as how God thinks of you, you will change. You will see change in your life. You will see transformation in your life. You will see deliverance come in your life. You will see you start to make a big change and make a great impact. On all the people around you. Because your change is coming by what you think of yourself. Your change is not coming by you changing your behavior. So often you have come to church and you've heard a preached word and, you're, and you say, I need to stop doing this and start doing this. And for that Sunday, you accomplish this. Probably even into the Monday, you accomplish this. But sooner or later, that thing sneaks back up on you. And you find yourself doing what you said you were trying not to do because you never went to check out what you thought about yourself. You was trying to change an action, 
not changing your identity of what you think of yourself. You have to deal with who you are. When you come to terms with who you are and understand it and, and, and hold on to it, then you will see changes. Because now, remember, we do it already. We already are doing it. I don't go to those places because I don't do that kind of stuff. Cool. You ready for this one? I don't go to bars because I'm a Christian. I'm born again of the water and of the spirit. And so I'm not sitting on nobody's bar stool drinking no McAllen. I'm not going to sit on nobody's bar stool drinking no Guinness. I don't go to those places anymore because I'm a Christian. My mind was changed. What I know about myself and think of myself is different. Before I got saved, I thought I was something. Let me hang with the, the people that's something. And so the people that's something, you know what they drink? They drink 24-year-old scotch. You know what? The people that's something, you know what they do? They do this. They do that. And so you do that. That's how you made all your decisions. So why do we become Christians and still try to make decisions to do? We might have to go back and check to say, did we allow God to transform our thinking when we got saved? Or did we get dipped in the water? We never really got transformed. We just got dipped in the water. We just said things. We got to get transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need our mind to be transformed so we can understand and know who we really are. I'm almost done. Psalm 139 and 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You're not going to let me have low self-esteem of myself. Sometimes people might think, you think you're something, don't you? No, I don't think I'm something. God thinks I'm something. You, you get what I'm saying? You don't have to even worry about the position you take once you get to know who you are because you didn't establish that. God did. So when you say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you're saying, look at this. God made this. Not me. God. And so I carry myself like God made me. We see it all the time. You know, I always make reference to the royal family. Harry got married in a uniform. Y'all can laugh all y'all want, but he a prince. That's why he got married in the uniform. The ladies dress a certain way because they're royalty. That's what they think of themselves. They think they're royalty, so they dress the part as royalty. They think they're royalty, so they drive in what they call royalty cars, whatever it is. However they carry themselves is because of what they think. And it doesn't matter what you think. When are we going to wake up as Christians that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of us. It's what God thinks of us. And if we will live our life the way God thinks of us, then it doesn't matter. We got to live like God thinks of us, not the way we think of ourselves. Yes, let me throw this in before I finish up here. Sin has messed us up. And the way sin has messed us up, it has corrupted and distorted our thinking of who we are. And so because of sin, we have concluded 
some things that we should not have concluded about ourselves. And we're living that life today, some of us, because sin has distorted and corrupted our thinking of who we are. But can I tell you, Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood for sin. And you don't have to allow sin to dictate, to tell you what to think of who you are. All you have to do is repent of your sins. Turn from your sinful lifestyle and says, I'm going toward Christ. And if you're not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I told you, we've got a baptism tank. It's got a jet stream, Sister Wood. It's warm. It wasn't like when I got baptized. I got baptized, it was cold, and we sang the song about the cold water. Now we got a baptism tank. It has heater and jet stream, and you get in, you want to stay in there. So we can baptize you today in Jesus name for the remission of sin and we can take care of the sin problem you don't have to worry about sin controlling your thinking and giving you your identity you can be baptized and have all your sins washed away because sin has distorted what we think of ourselves and so some of us have believed a lie thinking of a lie of who we are what you have been thinking is not who you are but sin has distorted your mind to make you think that's who you are Many of us have tried to change what we do and haven't changed. May I suggest today, you try changing what you think of yourself as opposed to try changing your actions. Change what you think of yourself. We must get the identity right as to what we think of ourselves. We need to affirm what we think of ourselves according to what our God, our creator, think of us. He says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God says, My thought toward you are thoughts of peace, and I will give you an expected end. If God has given you something that's expected, trust me, you need to live your life of expectation of who you are in Christ Jesus. Just like God is saying, you will get an expected end. You got to live like there's an expected end coming. The knowledge of yourself is one of the most noble and excellent and attainment that you can have as a human. You've got to know who you are. But so many of us have taken it for granted. Once we realize we're human, we just figure, okay, we're human. What is every other human doing? Oh, okay. So let me just do that. Let me just follow suit. Because we have got two legs and two arms and we're walking around as humans, we're following the crowd. No, know who you are because that will make you make decisions accordingly. Don't just follow the crowd. When you follow the crowd, what you're saying is we're all the same. You follow the crowd, we're all the same. Because you're just going with the flow. You don't know who you are, so you'll just let somebody decide and dictate who you are when you're following everybody. But when you come to know who you are, you know what you're going to end up doing? Following Jesus. <laughs> Help us, Lord. When you come to know who you are, you're going to make a decision to follow Jesus. Because Jesus knows who you are because he created you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me by the still waters. He restore my soul. He leads me in the path of right. Lead me, Lord, righteousness for what his name's sake. We will follow Jesus when we come to understand who we are. Because we'll realize the more I follow him, the more I get to know who I am. You know, when you get older, you start wanting to talk to those that are older than you, not those who are younger than you. You want to talk to those who are older than you because you're trying to learn some things about yourself. Uh huh. And so you want to hear stories because you're, you know, you finally live long enough to realize I need to know who I am. When you're young, yeah, you just do whatever you want. You start getting older, you want to really know who you are. And so you start asking, you know, relevant questions to those that are older than you, family members that's been around a long time. You want to hear what they have to say, and so you get to learn who you are. Well, guess what? Nobody can tell you who you are better than Jesus. It's good that you grew up in a nice home. It's good that you had great parents to raise you the right way. Or however you got raised, it's great. But what I'm telling you is, they still don't know you're better than Jesus. They did not create you. They were just incubators. They just carried you. They were just used by God to get you here. But the one who knows you is God. He knew you before the foundation of the world. He knew every thought that you will have. He knew you before you was even formed in your mother's womb. And so as good as your parents have been to you, they can't be better to you than Jesus. As good as they've been to you... They don't know you like Jesus know you because he knows uh, every thought. Uh, the Bible says uh, he knows every hair on your head by number. That's some knowing. Can you imagine every hair on your head? God can number it. If you pull a hair out your head today, God can tell you that's 1,013,000. You might not know what the number is, but he does. We need to follow him because he is the one that reveal your true identity and he will continue to let you know who you are. Many of us has allowed others to determine what we think of ourselves and even worse, some of us don't know to, what to think of ourselves. And that's why some of us are just like the Bible says, a chaff in the wind. Being blown to and fro, wave on the seashore, going back and forth because you haven't established your true identity. And so you're just going with every wind of doctrine, with every flow, every blow of the wind and every roar of the of the waves of the seashore. You're just going by what the, the, the current is because you don't know your true identity. But you've got to know who you are. And when you come to know who you are, nobody else can take it away from you and nobody else can determine what you do. Because when you know who you are, you start to make decisions according to who you are. Why are you doing all that? Because I am a child of God. Why are you doing all that? Because I'm a Christian. Why are you doing all that? Because I'm holy. Why are you doing all that? Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Why are you doing all of that? Because God called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I was once a sinner and now I'm a saint. That's why I'm doing all of that. That's why I'm doing it. Not for no other reason, but because of why God, is our, God has told me that I am. He has given me my identity, and I live life now making decisions based on that. In John chapter 1, verse 10, 
verse 10 through 12, speaking of Jesus, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. You know why they received him not? They didn't know who they were. Jesus came to them, and they never received him because they didn't know who they are. So your identity of who you are, your true identity, will let you know what you need to do. <laughs> uh huh. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so, church, I'm here to tell you, if you don't know who you are, if you will just believe on the name of Jesus Christ, if you will give your life to God right now and repent of your sins and get baptized, if you will do what is required of you by God, you will come to know who you are and have the true identity of yourself. If you don't know what to think of yourself or your thoughts have distorted your true identity, receive Jesus today. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Let Jesus direct you unto salvation, repentance, baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with tongues. Let Jesus guide your life and direct your life. We must get the identity part right and your thoughts really do matter if you're going to get that right. We do what we do because of what we think of ourselves, not because we can weigh it and have the right knowledge, have the right fortitude to know what we should do. No, you default on, well, this is who I am. And then you start making decisions based on who you are. Let's stand. John, 1 John chapter 3. We're staying, we're finishing here. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Your creator called you the sons of God. Don't let that slip you today. Your identity should be, I'm a child of God. You're not some church goer. You're not a church goer. You're not a church goer. You are a child of God. If you've been born again, you are a child of God. You're not a church goer that every once in a while you do right, but most of the time the devil just makes you feel miserable because you can't live right and you always sin against God. You're not a church goer. Understand this. Your sin does not change your identity. Who you know never sinned? Let me know. Tell me who never sinned. Aside from Jesus. Who never sinned? Not one. Everybody sinned. Did you ever read Jesus disown anybody that he says you are mine? So get that noise out of your head that's telling you you ain't no real Christian. Get that noise out of your head that's telling you, you messed up and you will always mess up. So you might as well realize that's just how you roll. Get that thought out of your mind that says, yeah, I know I'm not where I need to be, but I'm going to get it together. Get that thought out of your mind because that makes you a double-minded person. 
And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And some of us are double-minded. When we're doing good, we're a child of God. When we mess up, oh, man, I messed up. I'm not really a Christian. You have split personality. So your, your, your thought of who you are, you're distorted in your thinking. You're corrupt in your thinking. You have to know who you are and stick to it. And if you make a mistake, if you sin against God, you need to say, I am a Christian. I just messed up and I'm going to repent and just continue living for God. I am going to repent and keep going in the right direction. I am a Christian. And because I slip up here and there, that does not identify who I am. I'm not a sinner. People like to say I'm a sinner saved by grace. I don't go down that road. I guess you can say it's biblically correct. I'm not going down that road. I was once a sinner. I am not anymore. When I was a sinner, I knew what I was doing every day. I woke up every day knowing what I was going to do. I told you all my story. I would drink the whole weekend and then say, I'm not drinking on Sundays. And when my boys come and knock on my door, yeah, let's go. We started drinking again. I knew I was going to mess up again. That's a sinner. A sinner wake up every day saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and you know it's wrong, and you don't apologize, and you don't care, and you just go ahead and do it. That's not what we are. Stop letting the devil tell you you're a sinner. You just messed up. And I'm not claiming that title, Sinner Saved by Grace. I'm a child of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I don't do what people that are not of God do. My thinking says I'm a child of God. And because my thinking says I'm a child of God, I make decisions based on that. You want to see changes take place in your life? Claim who you are, who God says you are. You don't even have to make nothing up. You don't even have to make anything up. Just ask yourself, have I been born again? Because sin distorted us so bad, we must be born again. I love that God, he knows everything so perfect. He says that we must be born again. And you know why he says that, Rosalie? He says that because he knew a lot of people would, it would be 2020, 2021. He knew it would be the 20th century where people would say, I was born like this. He knew we would one day say, I was born like this. They didn't say that 50 years ago. But they now say, we're so smart now. Oh, well, I was born like this. And God knew that was coming, so he put in the Bible, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. He knew it. He knew we was going to one day talk about, oh, I was born like that. No, you wasn't born like that. And guess what? And if you think you were born like that, okay, I'm not going to fight with you. Not going to fight with you. You might think you were born like that. I'm not going to fight with you. How about you get born again of the water and of the spirit? Have you been born again since you feel like you were born kind of messed up? I understand. Okay. I'm not fighting with you. But have you considered being born again yet? Because when you become born again, you don't have to be like that anymore. You don't have to be like that anymore. When you're born again of the water. All right. Water is how you take on his name. The water baptism. But. His spirit is what transformed your life. This is why he says you must be born again of the water and the spirit. You have to take on his name and you have to get your life transformed. Some people were baptized, but they never got 
transformed. So even though they went down and took on the name, they still have a false sense of who they are because they never got transformed. Because when you get transformed, your mind is now different. You see yourself differently. You hear yourself talking in this language you had never spoken, spoke, spoke before, and you're wondering, what in the world is going on in my life? Why do I feel so, you know, sensitive? And why do I feel so spiritual? Because you're born again, and the Spirit of God is working in your life. So it doesn't matter where you are today. If you've never been born again, get born again. God calls you the Son of God, daughters of God, beloved. Now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, say he shall appear, we shall be like him. So here's the thing. Can, can, can we even get a little deeper? So you are who you are supposed to be today if you will claim it as a child of God, but God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. So you first got to start by being born again and claim your true identity. And once you claim your true identity, you got to know God is not finished with you yet. Because you don't see God like he is right now. The Bible says we see through a glass darkly. So it means that even though today we're getting revelation and we're getting understanding, we're still not getting it full force like we will at some point when God returns and we see him as he is. So don't settle for where you are today. Keep on owning that identity of a child of God. Keep on owning that identity as being righteous. Keep on owning that identity of living holy lifestyle. Keep on owning that identity that I'm a child of the king. Keep on owning that identity. And as you keep living that life, you will see God will keep transforming you. And God will keep on showing you what he's doing in your life. And you will keep on just claiming the identity of who you are. And your decision-making process will be changed. You want to see changes take place in your life? Get the identity part right. Get the identity part right. It's not what people tell you you are. It's what God says that you are. And if you will live out that thought and how to think about how God thinks of you, you will experience something great. Something marvelous. God has taken this church someplace. Get on board. Get your identity part right. So as we move forward, you don't have to struggle with that. You don't have to fight with, wrestle with who you really are in Christ. You will know it. And you will just dismiss those silly uh, thoughts that the devil tried to introduce to you in your mind. You just, whatever, devil. Remember years ago I told you, I'm living for God doing well, living the life, enjoying it. And because the devil knew that, that thing again, I drank top shelf, and I'm supposed to be high-class people. I'm walking past this really nice bar outside, outdoor bar. They all having a good time. And the devil showed up in my mind and says, you grown, go have a seat and have a drink. Devil, after 15 years of living for God, he's still telling me to go drink. I mean, what is going on with him? And I smile. I said, devil, I'm a child of God. You see how I make decisions? 
We all do it. I'm just showing you how we're doing it and that we're not paying attention. So the reason why I didn't go and sit down and have a drink was because of I knew who I was. Not because I'm strong. I went through AA, I'm good. It wasn't because of nothing. It was because I knew who I was. You're not getting me to go be something different than I am. I'm not going to sit down at no bar. That's what I used to do. That's not who I am anymore. I'm a child of God. You crazy devil. You see how you make your decisions? You look the devil in the eye and tell him who you are, and that's why you're doing what you're doing. That's how you overcome the devil. We overcome him by the word of our testimony. My God. Who you are in God is what you need to speak all the time. And you will overcome that devil. You will overcome every circumstance. You will make all the right decisions. But you got to come to the place of knowing who you are. Let's worship him. Jesus. Oh, mighty God, we thank you today. You're so good to us. And we worship you and we adore you. There is none like you, Jesus. You are the great I am. You are the power that, Lord, rules and reigns in all the universe, in the earth, under the earth, in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, today I pray for every individual in this church uh, under the sound of my voice uh, that they will hear today your word uh, and declare who they are in you. uh, And they will not listen to the voice uh, of the devil anymore. They will not allow the voice of Satan uh, to come into their heart uh, and to trick them uh, and to deceive them but God they will stand on truth on righteousness they will do the work of the ministry they will serve you and oh God all they will think of is who they are in you who you have made them to be and that they will not deviate from it Lord God have your way today Lord as we give you the praise and the honor Lord bless your people today whatever you need to do in their heart whatever you need to do in their soul and in their spirit Lord Lord God, will you do it so they can know who they really are? Will you do it, Lord God, that they can say, yes, 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 I am a child of God. I am a child of the King. Oh, it was he that made me and not me myself. I am the sheep of his pasture. God, have your way today in your people. I pray that our faith will increase and that our faith will not fail us, Lord God. Let your glory fill this house and our homes, Lord God, our cars, Lord God. Let your will be done, Lord Jesus. Let your kingdom come, almighty God. Lord, we thank you and praise you today, Lord. There is none like you, O great God. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Lord God, the first and the last. You are the author and finisher of our faith. Find our families close together, Lord. Help us to know who we are, that we are children of the Most High God, that you are the one, Lord God, that established our identity. Lord, I pray that you'll touch us, that every person will humble themselves and surrender to you, that we will not walk away today the same way, but that the power of the Lord will transform us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done. We're grateful, we're grateful, we're grateful, we're grateful, we're thankful. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, as we go from this place today, 
will you keep your hands upon us? Oh God, will you uphold us? Will you continue, oh God, to remind us in our spirit, in our heart, who we are, that we are your children, that our identity is, Lord God, in you and not in man. We thank you today. Bless our families as we go. In Jesus' name. Church, I love you. Have a great rest of your day. God has taken us somewhere. Let him take you where he's taken you. We'll be together. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy your day. Be good. And we'll see you in a week. God bless you.